Hello, one and all, and welcome back. Yes, back to the Logan Blackman Show. This is the first show I have done in a quite a while. Let's just put it like that. Quite a while. And why is that? Is because I have been battling some sicknesses, and no, I was not down with the sickness. I was very anti-down with the sickness. But, you know, okay, well, I guess technically, technically speaking, yes, I was down with the sickness. But I was not down for it in that sense, if you know what I'm saying here. I felt like garbage last week. Terrible, absolutely horrific scenes from the Logan Blackman show. And then now, we're in the process of getting better. We're healing. I've not wanted to do a show in a while, or at least a week, because I guess we, <laughs> we did one on Wednesday. Wednesday, September 22nd, I believe, was the last show we did. It's been a minute, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a very, very fat minute. And I'm going to try and keep... I, this is a double-ended sword right here. I'm going to try and keep this show short. Because I've not done one in a while, I'd like to keep this somewhat under wraps, even though we've got a lot of crap to talk about. We haven't done a show, again, since I believe the 22nd of September. It's October, okay? It is October. We have not done a show in a while, so me saying I want to keep the show short is nice, fine, and dandy, but... Will it actually be short? I have no idea. All I know is I can prove. Okay, I I will do this. I can prove to you I was sick this past weekend. Why, Logan? Why were you sick? Because let's look at my week four predictions for college football. That will prove <laughs> that I was sick. I have not looked at these since I made them. I posted them on Instagram and Twitter to my knowledge, it went pretty catastrophic. Let's just put it like that. I don't know how this went down, other than the fact that I know it did not start out very good. I know for I do know though, I got at least two right because I got NC State and Clemson. I picked that game, and I also got Arkansas and Texas A&M. I was right about that one. So there were two games I was fairly confident about going into the game, and then, you know, was right. So we'll start off just last Friday. We had a whole college football extravaganza, as you'd call it. Liberty versus Syracuse. Liberty lost, sadly. And then Virginia hosting Wake Forest. I picked Wake, or I wish I picked Wake Forest because Wake Forest early slacked the Cavaliers of Wake Forest, or Virginia, just regular Virginia, by 20 points. 20 points. I didn't realize how so one-dimensional Virginia was. I knew it, but I didn't like it didn't register completely. I knew losing North Carolina could have been a possibility, even though I think well, I don't think we had Virginia covering against North Carolina, but I don't remember the exactly the spread was in that game. But that game kind of opened the eyes of wow, this team's extremely one-dimensional. Their defense sucks and they're heavily relying on Brennan Armstrong. So this week against a Wake Forest team that is three and oh, who has a good quarterback in their own right, and Sam Hartman who's not extremely one-dimensional, I decided, you know what, you know, Logan, you know what? It's Virginia at home. We're going to pick the Cavaliers over the Demon Deacons, and I was wrong, very wrong. 20-point loss, not great. So let's just say, not ideal. Let's call it like that. And then the next game, UNLV, Fresno State. Oh, uh, yeah, Fresno State did not cover. They won by eight points. They were favored by 30. So that did not work. Missouri versus Boston College. Pretty sure Boston College won. I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty confident Boston College won. Yeah, in overtime. You know what happened? We picked Missouri. Oh, Penn State versus Villanova. Oh, there's a dub because they had no freaking line. All you needed to do was say, oh, I think Penn State's going to win. And you won. 
That was it. There was no line in the game. As long as Penn State won, you were a winner. <laughs> That's all that really mattered here. And they won 38-17. to They cut it a lot closer than what we were probably originally expecting, but they they won nonetheless. We got one. Good job. Notre Dame versus Wisconsin. But Notre Dame? Notre Dame crushed Wisconsin. Boise State versus Utah State? No idea what happened here. Absolutely no idea. Boise State won 27-23. Boise State covered by nine. Excellent. Vanderbilt versus Georgia. Georgia killed them. So we got a nice little stretch. We got four games right in a row. Then we got LSU against Mississippi State. Okay? That one, I picked LSU. And where are they at? They won by three. What was the line? Two and a half. Oh, there we go. We're on a little stretch right here. And then it kind of ends abruptly. Texas Tech, I picked them to cover at Texas. Uh, let's just say this. Texas, for one game, and granted, it's not against the greatest team of all time, but for one game, Texas was back. 70 points. Casey Thompson has, uh, you know, Carson, Hudson Card struggled early in the season for Texas. Highly touted quarterback. And Casey Thompson played a little bit last year. Yeah, it's his starting job now. Now, it did help Texas a little bit that Tyler Show broke his collarbone. One of the top quarterbacks in college football. So, or top. He's a top 20 quarterback. 20, top 30, right? Yeah. I mean, he's not top, top, like Heisman candidate. But top 15 draft quarterback. So, that, that counts for something here. <laughs> but he broke his collarbone. That basically ended the game right there. TCU against SMU. Um, Yeah, that one did not pan out either. SMU just beat TCU. They didn't cover. They beat TCU. TCU was at home, thought they'd cover. UMass versus Coastal Carolina. Okay, we're scrolling down to the Sun Belt Conference. Almost forgot what conference they're 53 to 3. Yeah, they they did. Yes, <laughs> 36. 53 plus 3 or 53 minus 3 is more than 36. We got that one down. We got that one down. Western Michigan hosting somebody. I don't know, San Jose State. They won by 20 points. They were favored by three. Good job. Got Western Michigan to cover. Kent State versus Maryland. Kent State versus Maryland. What happened in this game? I've not checked anything from this past weekend. Kent State was a 14 and a half point underdog. What did they win by? That's too big. That's a big number right there. It looks more than 14 and a half. I'm going to say Maryland covered. I, My brain's still not fully functioning at this point in time, so I'm just going to say Kent State cover, did not cover against Maryland. <laughs> Clemson, NC State? Yes, NC State won. Iowa, Colorado? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> Pretty garbage performance there by the Iowa Hawkeyes. Went by 10 points against one of the worst college football teams in America. Losing by seven at halftime. The number five team in the country. Iowa has one of these games a year. Now it seems like they've had two of them because they started off extremely slow against Kent State as well. But you never expect to be losing to a team like Colorado State. So hopefully that's not a precursor for what's to come in the Big Ten as Iowa takes on Maryland Friday. So we'll see how that one goes. Michigan against Rutgers. Michigan was a 20 and a half point favorite. They won by seven. Then you got AM Arkansas. Arkansas won. They were five and a half point underdogs. They won. Iowa State, seven point favorites against Baylor. Uh, they lost. So that did not work out. I had Iowa State covering. Memphis, UTSA. UTSA won, I believe. Georgia versus Georgia State versus Auburn. 27 points spread. The Auburn Tigers versus Georgia Southern. And Auburn won by 10. So there's a great one. UCLA Stanford. UCLA won. Cover picked Stanford to cover. Oklahoma State versus Kansas State. Oklahoma State won. Pick Kansas State. 
Michigan State, Nebraska. I know this game was close. I don't know what the score was, though. Have no idea. The final score ended up being 23-20, and the spread was five. Ah, crap. Yep. Nope, they did not cover. I had Michigan State covering there. Florida versus Tennessee. I know Emory Jones had himself a very nice game. I don't know if they covered or not, and they won. Uh, no, they didn't, because Tennessee lost. Uh, South Carolina versus Kentucky. That game was a five-point spread. I had South Carolina covering that game. They lost by six. Can't score one measly point to cover, can you, South Carolina? North Carolina versus Georgia Tech. Uh, let's just say this. North Carolina did not cover in this game. That's the, that's the length I will go regarding North Carolina versus Georgia Tech. Oklahoma versus West Virginia. West Virginia covered. We had them. Ohio State Akron, 49 points was the spread. Scared the bejeebus out of me. And you know what? Akron covered. 59 to 7 was the final. <laughs> oh, man. Scary, though. Very scary. <laughs> Wait, no. They what? That's covering, isn't it? My math is struggling right now. 59 minus 7. They did not cover. It's 52. You know what? Uh, don't care. Not I'm not caring. I'm not caring. Alabama was 45 point favorite for Southern Miss. Doesn't even freaking matter at this point. They won 63 to 14. I'm too but can't be asked. But do the math. Tulane versus UAB. I'm assuming since UAB's favored over Liberty this week, that means UAB beat <sighs> beat Tulane. If I had to guess, I really don't know though. What what conference are these two teams in? Even <laughs> I don't know. I'm depressed. I'm very, yeah, do, do UAB won. So, yeah, I, I did. Washington versus Cal. I know Cal had themselves a good game. Did they cover? Or at least Chase Garbers did, their quarterback. They lost by seven. And what was the spread? Seven and a half. They covered. Good, good job. Uh, Big 12 new boys, uh, BYU, independent. Did they cover? 35. They were fared by, no, they were fared by 23. One by seven. Colorado beat. Or Arizona State beat up on Colorado, so that was, that was pretty nice. <sighs> Arizona, 20 and a half. Oregon, 28 and a half point favorites over Arizona. They won. USC, Oregon, over State. Screw USC. And that's... I don't even know what we did. I, I, I can't be asked to go over every single game again and go, which ones did you get right? Because the games I was the most confident in, I got one of them right. <laughs> two, two of them, two of them, two of them, two of them. Arkansas and NC State. That is abysmal from the Logan Black. I will blame that solely on thinking I was going to die. I'm going to do that, okay? We're not going to blame it on anything else, me picking bad games or whatever. We're going to go on the fact that I was ill. And I almost coughed there, but I saved it. See how professional I am. Terrible week of betting. You know what? We'll bounce back. This I'm not going to go over the picks on the show because that has turned out to be a bad omen for me. Now, granted, I did not do that this past week, and this was my worst week to date. So maybe I should do that because I didn't do it last week, and maybe I should go, well, Logan, you see, that actually turned out to be very bad since you didn't do it. But I don't know. I don't know. We've got some fun college football games this weekend. I'm not going to tell you who I'm going to pick, but here's some of the top 25 matchups that we got going on in the world of college football. So we got Iowa versus Maryland at Maryland. Both teams undefeated 4-0. Iowa's a three-point favorite. We have BYU at Utah State, which should be fun. Georgia-Arkansas will be a very, very fun game. Michigan at Wisconsin. Louisville at Wake Forest. Cincinnati-Notre Dame will be very fun. Louisiana Monroe versus Coastal Carolina. Ole Miss versus Alabama. 
be very, very fun. Stanford at or, or Stanford hosting Oregon, Kansas State hosting Oklahoma, team that, uh, wow, I forgot their name. Wyman. I, what? What's their name? <laughs> Kansas State's coach. He's former North Dakota State coach. What is his name? I don't remember, but he's never lost Oklahoma, which is weird. Oh, man, at Kansas State. They were like 35-point favorites last year. Oklahoma was over at Kansas State, and Kansas State beat them. So we'll see if that happens again this year. Ohio State at Rutgers, Florida at Kentucky, Louisiana Tech at NC State, Mississippi State at AM, Baylor at Oklahoma. Weird top 25 matchup. Who would have thought these two teams would be a top 25 at the start of the season? Then we got Indiana, Penn State, Western Kentucky, Michigan, Boston College versus number 25 Clemson, Auburn at LSU, Arizona State at UCLA, which will be very fun, and Fresno State at Hawaii. So we got some fun college football matches, but the big stories. Jeez, regarding college football from this past weekend was, well, the main thing, Clemson losing to NC State and dropping out of the top 10 for like the first time in forever, somehow managing to stay in the top 25. Don't know how that happened, but you know what? It happened. We will move on from it. Will they be able to stay in the top 25 against Boston College? Time will tell on that, but DJU does not look very good this season. Another quarterback that does not has not looked to the standard that was set for him by everybody else this season is Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler, we've known he's not, like, a very personable person, I guess you could call that. I don't think there's a lot of people out there that like Spencer Rattler. I don't know how many friends Spencer Rattler actually has. I know for a fact that this past weekend, he had about two friends, and they're both named Mom and Dad. I don't know... What the hell happened? Now, to my credit, I guess I should say, I did have West Virginia covering its Oklahoma, but I did not think that the Oklahoma fans would turn on Spencer Rattler like that and boo him and say they want Caleb Williams, who's a five-star quarterback that just came in this season. Very hyped quarterback. Very talented quarterback, obviously. He's a quarterback of Oklahoma. Obviously, he's going to be very talented. But they booed Spencer Rattler at home. That's 100,000 people at Gaylord Stadium chanting that we want Caleb Williams. We want Caleb Williams. Boo Spencer Rattler. And I, I would like to imagine that 90% of the people booing in that game were people from the state of Iowa. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of people in the state of Iowa that necessarily like Spencer Rattler. Whether you're an Iowa or Iowa State fan, and Iowa have not even played Spencer Rattler. But from the experience I've had in an Iowa game this year, which was against Indiana Week 1, people don't like Spencer Rattler. People know he's talented, but people just generally don't like Spencer Rattler. And I understand why. There's a few clips going around from what, it, what was it, that, uh, that quarterback show. I don't remember what it was called. Didn't seem like he got, had a, made a lot of friends there. But this week, again, booed while beating West Virginia and dropped the I don't care about them there in the stands, which is fair. I mean, you can't really care about what the fans say. you got to focus on the field. I, don't, I think it was Kirk Ferentz that said, if you listen to fans, you'll end up sitting with them or something like that. That's the kind of you got you to take it on the chin. You're going to go, if when he gets drafted, he's probably more often than not going to go, more likely than not going to go to a bad team. So he's going to have to get used to getting booed especially if you go to these big market cities that have extreme expectations for absolutely no reason apart from the fact that they're in a big market. 
that's it. That's all their expectations are based off of. Not of anything they've done in the offseason, not done on anything they've done previously. It's just, we're a big market. We deserve to be good. Why are you not good? You stink. So it's a nice learning experience, I guess. But he hasn't played well to start this season. It's not, no, everybody knows this. It's not something that's gone unnoticed by most people. Spencer Rattler has not played very well. He hasn't played bad, but for what people were expecting of Spencer Rattler going into the season, he was a clear-cut number one overall pick. Maybe not number one overall pick. He was the number one quarterback prospect in the NFL draft. He was a clear-cut Heisman favorite. Like, clear. It wasn't even close. There was no one even really getting talked about. I think most people were just like, yeah, it's going to be Rattler. And then I would bring up Bryce Young. I said C.J. Stroud a couple times. I mean, some people would say DJU, but most of the time, it was Rattler. 99% of the time, 99.9% of the time, I would say it was Spencer Rattler was the Heisman favorite. That is not happening anymore, at least at this point in time. He has not played bad, but he's not played very good. And his numbers are fine. Just over 1,000 yards, 8 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. But then you look at a little deeper and realize five of those touchdowns were against Western Carolina, where they won 76 to nothing. So outside of the Western Carolina game, he has three touchdowns and three interceptions. He did not look good against Tulane, a team that, in all, all case of purpose, whatever you want to call it, is not a terrible team, but you're playing them at home. I don't care if it was credited as a road game or whatever. That was technically Tulane's home game because of the hurricane in New Orleans. But you should not be beating Tulane by five. Oklahoma should not be beating Tulane by only five points. It should never happen. He should also not be throwing more interceptions than touchdowns against Tulane. It's just not supposed to happen. His numbers are not bad, but he's not playing good. I don't know if it's the expectations going into the season of, oh, he's the number one quarterback in the draft. He's the favorite to win the Heisman. Is that what's weighing down on him this year? And you're playing a team this week that has never lost you with their current head coach. You were favored by like 35 points last year, and you lost to Kansas State. And I'm pretty sure that was at home. It wasn't like it was on the road. Let's see. It was on the road. You lost 35-38. No, it was at home. My bad. Before the game started, Oklahoma, according to ESPN, had an 86.4% chance to win this game. 86.4% chance to win this game. Oklahoma over, T- over Kansas State. I wish ESPN would bring up the old lines because it's not popping up on here, but it took until when? The fourth quarter before Kansas State was finally favored to win the game. And they won. They were insane underdogs in this game, and they came back and won at Gaylord Stadium, which is actually the name of Oklahoma Stadium. I'm not trying to be funny. It's the name of their stadium. But yeah, another quarterback that has not played good this year 
for the the expectations that were set was Sam Howell from North Carolina. And I, I've come into the season, before the season even started, we were defending Sam Howell. Because I knew the start of the season, at least, was going to be a rough showing for him. Because when you're replacing, this isn't Clemson or Oklahoma or Ohio State. When you lose your top four skill position players, your top two running backs, and your top two wide receivers from the season before to the NFL draft, this is North Carolina football. This isn't Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma. You don't have five stars in the wings. It's going to take some time. Howell spent two years with those guys as a starter, put up good numbers, and struggled week one against Virginia Tech, which is a tough, Blacksburg is a, Blacksburg is a very tough place to play regardless. Not only that, playing with all new weapons around you. Now, if Howell went off, we talked about this preseason, that if he went off with all these new weapons, he was going to be the Heisman favorite and the number one guy in the draft. But he hasn't done that. He's looked good against Georgia State and a very bad Virginia defense. And then going into a game against Georgia Tech, where you're favored to win according to ESPN, 78.4% chance to win. Which is less, granted, than the game Oklahoma versus Kansas State last year. You're still, what was the spread in this game? I still have it up, or at least I did have it up, I lost it. That was a game I was confident in, so I should find it pretty quick because I circled it. 12 and a half was the spread. 12 and a half was the spread. North Carolina lost by 23. Sam Howell did not throw any interceptions. He fumbled three times, though. One of them almost, probably should have, gotten returned for a touchdown. Defender tripped over his own feet. Three fumbles. For any coach out there, you've heard me talk about this about a thousand times. Interceptions are annoying, yes. Fumbles are a coach's number one pet peeve. Number one is fumbles. Because there's a lot of different circumstances that can happen with an interception. There's not when you fumble. It's you just put the ball on the ground. Sure, you could have gotten hit hard. No, they'll take some sympathy if you get like knocked out or something like that. But if you just put the ball on the ground three times... This has been my biggest, every, should be everybody's biggest critique over Daniel Jones in the NFL. Why I'm not necessarily sold on Daniel Jones being a number one guy in the NFL. I think he's got all the talent in the world to be a starter as a quarterback in the NFL. He just got to stop putting the damn ball on the ground. Mesh point fumbles, snap fumbles, and just fumbles in general, especially from your quarterback. Those are super annoying. Like I was a, I was broadcasting the Cedar Falls Tigers football game against Ankeny Centennial. When was this? Two weeks ago? Cedar Falls leading rusher who threw a touchdown pass in the first play of the game for Cedar Falls fumbled, sat out the last seven minutes of the first quarter because he fumbled the ball. And you're going to try and tell me. <laughs> no, nobody's told me this because I think most people understand. But just for that one person that's like, ah, fumbles aren't that annoying. You're going to tell me fumbles aren't that annoying to head coaches? This dude threw a touchdown pass in his first play of the game. Was leading the team in rushing. Fumbled. Oh, uh, yeah, you're sitting out. We ain't having that shit in this ball club. Tom Coughlin pulled um, the West Virginia, the Virginia Tech running back, Wilson. Like his second NFL carry, fumbled. <laughs> Benched. <laughs> I don't remember his name. He was a first rounder from Virginia Tech. That's all I can remember about him. I know he did backflips or front flips for his touchdown celebration. But you can't put the ball on the ground. 
Like, Sam Howell, same exact thing. If you look at just his statistics, he's looked, his numbers are fine. 1,100 yards, almost 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns, 4 interceptions on the season. And then, again, apart from the two games we talked about where they played absolutely nobody defenses, he had three touchdowns and three interceptions. Threw five touchdowns against Virginia Tech. He had three touchdown passes against Georgia State and had two rushing touchdowns. Had over 100 yards rushing in both games. Because Sam Howell is a great athlete. And Sam Howell needs to move around for North Carolina to win. He had eight yards rushing against Georgia Tech. On 16 carries. So it's not like they didn't try to get him to run the ball. He ran the ball more against Georgia Tech than he did in any game this season. And at eight yards rushing. He had 16 rushes against Georgia Tech, 15 against Virginia, 11 against Georgia State, and 13 against Virginia Tech. Or Virginia. No, 13 against Virginia Tech, 15 against Virginia. Had over 100 yards rushing in two of those games. Against Virginia, he had 112 yards. But yeah, I don't know what it is, necessarily, between Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler, but something's off, and I don't really know what it is. DJU, we don't... I don't even want to get into that can of worms right now because that I have no idea what's going on with Clemson. That that's a sh- I don't know what to say about Clemson right now. They stink. Good lord, they're bad. Look bad against Georgia Tech. I thought that was a one-off game. Like, oh, Georgia Tech's going to play good against Clemson. They had a really tough week. Like, oh, we played our heart and soul in that game. I thought it was going to be like a let-off game against North Carolina. To be 100% honest with you. I was like, oh, they put everything into almost beating Clemson. They're going to face North Carolina, who just put up 59 against Virginia. Oh, it's going to be, North Carolina's going to be humming. Georgia Tech's going to be tired, beat up. Nope. Beat the living shit out of North Carolina. And that's putting it nicely. They killed North Carolina. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. That's all I can really pretty much say about that. And for Sam Howe and Spencer Rattler... So I'd like to dive right in uh, to my quarterback week four quarterback rankings because I haven't done this. Obviously, I haven't done a show. I post the link to the the article on all my different social media accounts. Go and follow me on all forms of social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Go follow. Go uh, go follow me. Be my friend on LinkedIn. We got a LinkedIn page now. But for Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell, they should count their lucky star. At least, I mean, they have no idea who the hell I am. So. This probably means absolutely nothing to these two. Uh, probably it means less than nothing because they don't know who I am. But in regards to their draft stock ranking, they should be thanking themselves that Corral, Desmond Ritter, and Carson Strong did not play last week. Because those are the only three quarterbacks, in my opinion, there's ten quarterbacks on this list. Those are the three that are going to be knocking those two off boards. Especially Matt Corral. Very lucky for those two, Matt Corral did not play. And Matt Corral's got a huge-ass game this week against Alabama. So this will, that'll be awesome. I don't know I don't know if Nick Saban treats an old assistant coach like Bill Belichick does, but, man, Lane Kiffin going up against Nick Saban in Alabama, at Alabama. Ole Miss has looked really good this year. Can they do it against the Crimson Tide of Alabama? They're 14 and a half point underdogs in this game. They're ranked 12th. But yeah, very fun stuff. But number one on this list, <coughs> he might have lost, 
this week, but Malik Willis is still number one. That dude, there are things Malik Willis can do, and he might stay number one for the rest of the season, unless Matt Corral just keeps torching defenses. Malik Willis can do things with the football that no one else in this draft class can do. Like, not even close. He has the strongest arm, and he's the most athletic, bar none. I mean, you're not really going to find any other quarterbacks in this draft class that are as fast or as quick as him. Maybe Jaden Daniels is the next fastest one. Maybe Emory Jones, Derek King. I don't know, but Malik Willis is, even with those guys getting mentioned, Malik Willis is so far gone in regards to that. He has a better arm than the quarterbacks I just mentioned as well. And against Syracuse, they started slow. Liberty did. And this is a team in Syracuse that they beat pretty handily last year. But you could tell Syracuse was up for this game. Syracuse has a top 10 defense this season, and they looked good. Their defense looked good. And Willis still put up really nice numbers in this game. 49 yards rushing, 205 yards passing, three passing touchdowns in a 24-21 loss. And now they're going up against UAB. This week is coming off a very nice win against Tulane. I, Willis will have to have an absolute horror show pretty much to drop any lower on this list for the rest of the season probably because of how much I like his game. And at, right after I posted the first one, or not the first one, last week's one, Pro Football Focus starts to open. Oh, hey, Malik Willis is not the number one quarterback in our draft board. A day after I released my article, Is that a coincidence? Probably. No, it's not. It's not a coincidence. They copied me. They copied me. But yeah, Malik Wilson's still number one. Rattler's number two, even though he got booed against West Virginia. We already talked about this. I think he'll turn it around at some point. If Matt Corral played, good Lord, we'd be talking about him being at number three because Matt Corral's at number three. And I know he didn't play, but Howell played that bad and got beat that bad against Georgia Tech that Corral had to jump him. I don't care if he didn't play. Matt Corral has not had a game like that, and Howell's had two of them against Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. If North Carolina just avoids playing Tech schools this season, I think Sam Howell will be fine. But for right now, he's played two Tech schools and has looked really bad. Now, thankfully, they don't play any more Tech schools throughout the rest of the season. No more Techs. Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, so one would expect them to go undefeated the rest of the way. (laughs) No, they're not going to do that because they have some tough games on the road. They're at Notre Dame, at Pitt, at NC State. Those are going to be some tough games for North Carolina this year. But yeah, he drops to number four. Ritter's five, Carson Strong six. I mean, they didn't play, so they can't really... Yeah. And the rest of the list kind of reads... or doesn't kind of. It reads the exact same as last week. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, seven. Had a really good game against Stanford. A tough Stanford team on the road that beat the breaks off of USC, so this was a tough game for UCLA, coming off a loss against Fresno State, and they look good. Dorian Times Robinson, four total touchdowns in the game, 280 yards total offense, yeah, good stuff, good stuff from DTR. Number eight, JT Daniels, I mean, scored 62 points against Virginia, or Vanderbilt, which was kind of expected, but man, you still have to put it up, I mean, no, no one incompletion, no turnovers, good stuff. JT Daniels, good stuff. It, he just killed him. <laughs> Number nine, Kenny Pitt. Kenny Pickett from Pitt had himself a good game against New Hampshire. I mean, it's New Hampshire, pretty average FCS team. You got to pound the brakes off of them. 77 to 7 was the final. Five touchdowns, passing, one rushing, 400 yards passing, four incompletions. 
big performance from Kenny Pickett. And then finally, Jaden Daniels. I mean, he's struggling finding the end zone, which is kind of weird, at least from the passing standpoint. He has two passing touchdowns on the season. Two of them. So I would hope that Daniels figures it out in regard gets the ball in the end zone at some point passing the ball. Because if you look at the games he's had this year, he was only passed the touchdown at one game that was against UNLV. He's passed, he has one game with a passing touchdown against his UNLV. Rest of them, no passing touchdowns. Now, he also has one game with rushing touchdowns. I was against Colorado this past week. He had two rushing touchdowns of 75 yards. So I don't know what it is with him having trouble finding the end zone, but he, at least number of touchdowns on this list, like pretty, <laughs> two touchdowns. The next closest is JT Daniels with five. It's not great. Carson Strong has seven. He hasn't, he's played one less game. <laughs> So, yeah, hopefully for Jaden Daniels' sake, he finds the end zone at some point. He's he's completing a decent number of passes. I would just just need him to start finding the end zone a little bit. And they're playing UCLA, so we got a quarterback battle of two top ten quarterbacks here. Jaden Daniels versus DTR. So that'll be very, very fun this week. So games you can watch this week in regards to quarterbacks. Malik Willis and Liberty are playing at UAB. Spencer Rattler is playing at Kansas State. Matt Corral's at Alabama. Sam Howell is playing Duke. So that should be a good bounce back game for Sam Howell. At least I would anticipate it to be. Desmond Ritter and Cincinnati are going to Notre Dame. That'll be a very fun game. Carson Strong's going to Boise to play Boise State. That's going to be a very fun game as well. Nevada versus Boise State. Tough game up there in Boise. Then you got UCLA hosting Arizona State. Georgia taking on Arkansas, which will be a lot of fun. Pittsburgh taking on Georgia Tech on the road. I mean, watching Georgia Tech the past two weeks, that might be a very interesting game. And then number 10, Jaden Daniels taking, like we said, they're playing at UCLA. And then others on this list coming in, we have Malik Cunningham, had a nice game against Florida State this past weekend. And then you got Jake Jake Hayner for Fresno State, balled out yet again against UNLV. Five touchdowns passing and a good game against Oregon as well. 15 touchdowns, two picks on the season. Emory Jones played a very nice game against Tennessee after almost losing his starting job against USF. Injuries can be a beauty and a curse because that helped him out. He solved his crap out and has now got his starting job back. Now, he does still have more interceptions than touchdowns, four touchdowns, five interceptions, but this game was very nice against Tennessee this past weekend. Grayson McCall still on here in a nice game. Easy game, relatively easy game against UMass. Then we have Tyler Show, even though he broke his collarbone, still had really nice numbers against Texas, but are really nice. He had nice numbers against Texas before he got hurt. And Keaton Slovis is no longer on this list, if you didn't notice that. Slovis, I don't know what happened. I really don't know what happened. He and USC stink right now. I like Keaton Slovis a lot, and I was high on him coming into the season, but man, did I think that they were going to get pounded against Oregon State and Stanford? No, (laughs) I did not think that at all. And thankfully for him, Jackson Dart's hurt, because I think Jackson Dart might have taken his starting job if he didn't get hurt. Keaton Slovis going into the season, we talked about him being ranked high We didn't have him ranked that high comparatively. We had him ranked sixth. If you look at other lists around the NFL regards to NFL draft coverage and stuff like that, Slovis was relatively low on our list. And now it seems like that is the way we should be looking at it now because he's not even near the list. 
He might be near. He's probably like 16 or 17, but man. They're three interceptions against Oregon State. They just throw the ball a crap ton. He was inconsistent at times last year, which is what concerned me going into this season, and he hasn't figured it out. Or USC just hasn't figured it out because they're just a freaking mess. They are bad. They got pounded by Oregon State. <laughs> and now they're going to Colorado, who was a very tough matchup for Texas A&M this season. Even though they're 1-3, they hosted A&M. Forget the fact that they got <laughs> piss-pounded by Minnesota. They almost beat A&M. <laughs> so the way USC's playing, I would not be shocked if Colorado came out with a victory here. That's just the way I'm looking at it right now. Because USC is that bad, and Slovis just does not look on. Drake London looks good. The wide receiver from USC came into the season ranked th fourth out of our wide receivers. Fourth or fifth? Fifth. Fifth coming into the season. Because I, th I believe it was Olave, Wilson, Burks, Mechie, and then Drake London. And then Romeo Dubes was number six. We'll have a full-blown like reshaping of the draft board midway point of the season so we got about what one more week and then we'll start coming out with big board stuff because we'll, we've looked a lot at quarterbacks recently we haven't done a lot of any other position I did I I had an idea to do this at the week be after week one of college football season but I didn't end up doing that because I wanted to make an article out of it and then I just started doing only quarterback stuff so we had something but then it, uh, it just ended up not working out but yeah there's some good big games we already talked about in college football and I hope some of these quarterbacks like Rattler against Kansas State Howell against Duke play well to boost their draft stock again because they are the two biggest disappointments probably out of the quarterbacks in college football I would say DJU's number one and these two are right there because just how bad Clemson's looked this season DJU has to be number one Rattler with the expectations is right behind him but man it's been rough going for Clemson. <laughs> Very rough going for Clemson this year. If they drop out of the top 25, that's going to be super weird. And no ACC team is probably going to make it in the college football playoff. Now that we're looking at it, I don't know which one makes it. Do I think any of the teams that are up there from the ACC are good enough? No, I don't. And Pro Football Focus had released a per highest percent chance to make the college football playoff top seven teams. Alabama number one, Georgia two, Oklahoma three, Ohio State four. Pretty standard right there. It's pretty much what everybody expected this season. Even though Ohio State's ranked 10th, they'll be, <laughs> they're ranked like 10th or 14th when the first ever college football bowl came out and they won the damn thing. So I don't really care they're ranked 10th right now. Then you got Iowa at five, Notre Dame six, and then sneaking Oklahoma State in at seven. Like we wouldn't notice. That kind of surprised me a little bit. I was kind of surprised. When I saw, looked down and saw Oklahoma State, a team that almost lost to Tulsa, sitting at number nine or number seven on the list. But hey, they're ranked 19th and beat Kansas State and Boise State after starting off not great. I mean, barely beating one of the worst teams in the FCS football in Missouri State is not a great way to start the season. But they've rebounded and are currently ranked 19th and are playing a nice game against another good team that's kind of surprising in Baylor's 4-0 coming off a big-time win against Iowa State, which I did not expect. Kind of surprised by that. <laughs> but hey, it's whatever. We move. So moving on from college football to the NFL, 
we had some fun stuff going on this last week at the NFL. A lot of fun stuff going on in the NFL this week. Uh, the Panthers beat the Texans. Not surprising. Davis Mills started. Did not look bad. McCaffrey got hurt. Not surprising at this point, which is sad because he's the best running back in the NFL when he's healthy. But he's hurt. Again, hamstring injury. So I don't know how long he's out for. I know he's going to be out for an extended period of time. Houston plays the Bills this week, so that'll be be kind of fun. Be kind of fun to watch that game. Speaking of the Bills, piss-pounded Washington. Good Lord. The Bills, I don't know how the hell they lost week one to the Steelers. That loss is weirder and weirder. It's going to look weirder and weirder as the season progresses. Don't know how the hell that game happened. Like, I know what happened, but looking back in hindsight, I don't know how the hell they lost that game. These are two completely different teams. Pittsburgh's offense sucks, and their defense is lost without the pass rush. Now, the pass rush was huge against Buffalo. Huge. But, man, good thing this isn't college football where that loss would mean anything. Good Lord. Like if someone lost to USC week one. <laughs> like, oh, man. Or if Alabama lost to Miami week one. They're two completely different teams. Now, Alabama obviously piss-pounded Miami, but, man, Buffalo looks good. Josh Allen named AFC Office Player of the Week for the, what was it, 11th time? He's been named Office Player of the Week 15% of his games in the NFL. 15% of his games he's been named AFC Office Player of the Week. And people are talking about how he's not that good. Josh Allen's overrated. Josh Allen, oh no, seven times in just 46 career starts, five times in his last 19 games. And also with that, he got over 100 career touchdowns. And this season, he's got the most second most passing yards under pressure this season, right behind Patrick Mahomes, who's one and two. <laughs> Suck on that, Chiefs fans. <laughs> one and two. Oh, man. Josh Allen's now the fifth fastest player in NFL history to reach 100 total touchdowns behind Mahomes, Marino, Watson, and Kurt Warner. He's also the fourth player in NFL history to reach multiple career games with at least 300 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, and one rushing touchdowns. The other three bring Breeze, Rodgers, and Manning. Players so high up on the list of greatest quarterbacks of all time, I don't even need to say their first names to know exactly who I'm talking about. Hell, if I even just said Drew... Aaron, and Peyton, I would assume you all would know who I'm talking about in that regard. Josh Allen had 47 games to reach 100 total touchdowns. One less than Kurt Warner, three less than Deshaun, four less than Marino, and then eight less than Patrick Mahomes. People want to talk about how Josh Allen got found out, and Josh Allen's not Josh Allen anymore. Good Lord. Josh Allen... <laughs> Oh, the Bills, oh man. Killed another team. Gonna, I would hope, knock on wood, kill the Houston Texans. The Bills fans have been waiting two years for Tyrod Taylor's triumphant return. He's been injured both times. He got hurt for the Chargers. Justin Herbert started against the Bills. Now it's Davis Mills' turn against the Char or against the Bills in Buffalo. So, well, I wanted to see Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo, but I guess we're not going to see that. The Chargers, speaking of, beat the Chiefs. And Patrick Mahomes threw a no-look interception. Which, if that was any other quarterback, they'd get blasted everywhere. But nope, it's Patrick Mahomes. He ain't getting blasted by that. I mean, fair play. He's the first quarterback I've ever seen throw a no-look interception. Terrible pass. Great interception, though. But terrible pass. Asante Samuel Jr., great diving interception. 
He's the front runner for rookie of the year for the defensive side at this point in time. But yeah, oh god, that filled me with so much joy watching that game because that was on channel that was on our TV channel eight here in Des Moines because it's the Chiefs. <laughs> we just get blessed with a thousand Chiefs games. But yeah, uh, the Chargers looked good, and Brandon Staley is one ballsy mf'er. Good lord, goes into this. Like, okay, we're going to kick a field goal. But he's like, wait a minute. I am the Chargers head coach. What do the Chargers notoriously not do good at? Kicking field goals. Clutch situations. Regular play. First kick of the game. Who cares? Nate Cady tore his ACL. First kickoff of the year. They're talking about how they're good at field goal. <laughs> Young Waku and Josh Lambeau looked like competent kickers leaving the Chargers. Like, terrible kickers in the in charge for the Chargers. I remember watching the Chargers-Jets game. Nate King's the most accurate kicker in NFL history in regular season. Missed, like, four field goals. Three or four field goals against the Jets. The Chargers just won 11 straight and were out of the playoffs like that. <laughs> LT's last year as a Charger. So Brandon Staley goes, oh, yeah, I'm the Chargers coach. Let's not kick a field goal from the 30-yard line or 40-yard line, wherever they were. Because our kicker has already missed a field goal. Let's go for it. Because we're giving them the same. I have that little faith in our The kicker missed the extra point anyways when they ended up scoring a touchdown. Which Mike Williams, I don't know what's going on with him. Touch, he's scoring a touchdown every single game this year. Fantasy nightmare. I have him in one league. Don't have him in another league. But, uh, yeah. Mike Williams is inevitable at this point. <laughs> but yeah, Chargers win. Clyde Zolaire scored. Of course, the week I bench him, he scores. That's really nice. And had over 100 yards rushing. Looked like a confident running back. That's weird. Then he had the... I'm going to leave that one last. Ravens-Lions. 66-yard field goal. That's it. Missed delay of game. Whatever. 66-yard field goal. <laughs> Justin Tucker. Greatest kicker of all time. Edge. I mean, it's. I don't think it's really <laughs> debate at this point anymore. That kind of just put the final cherry on the top. Uh, Titans beat the Colts 25-16. Not very surprising there. I didn't see a second of the game, so I don't know what happened. But I know the Titans won. <laughs> Saints beat the breaks off the Patriots. Matt Jones threw a couple interceptions. Not worried. He means a rookie. Falcons beat the Giants. Not surprised. Giants stink. Falcons stink as well, but they stink less than the Giants. Bengals beat the Steelers. Like we talked about, Steelers offense stinks. Bengals looked good. Jamar Chase looks really good. Uh, Cardinals beat the Jaguars in a very a game that the Jaguars probably should have won. They lost. <coughs> very rare. You see a 109-yard kick six in a game, and the team that had the kick six loses. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Broncos unsurprisingly beat the Jets, picked off Zach Wilson a shit ton. Uh, Zach Wilson has no time to do anything. He's just getting killed. <laughs> Losing Mekhi Becton is not great. Yeah, that, that doesn't help. Uh, Raiders almost lost the Dolphins, a team the Bills beat by 35 points with their backup quarterback. <laughs> yeah, weird game, weird game. And then we have the Rams beating the Buccaneers, 34-24. Vikings beat the Seahawks, weird game, 30-17. Packers, 49ers gave them too much time to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's very predictable. I think if you've watched the NFL or watched Aaron Rodgers long enough, you knew they were going to win that game. I mean, you have Mason Crosby. It's not like you have the Chargers kicking field goals here. You are Mason Crosby, you're Aaron Rodgers, 37 seconds left, the Packers are winning this game, and they did. And then the Cowboys just killed the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles just got 
dismantled against the Cowboys. The game that I was going to wait for a little bit. The Bears and the Browns. Uh, yeah. The <coughs> Jeez. Sorry. Again, I'm battling something here. <laughs> uh, Bears stink, okay? We knew that going into the season, but uh, Matt Nagy sucks. We've known this for a while, okay? We've known that Matt Nagy cannot coach his way out of a paper bag. We've known this. And we've also known that Trubisky got way overhated. We talked about that a thousand times in the show, and I hate it got to this point to where people go, oh yeah, Matt Nagy sucks. But it took until we got a quarterback that we liked that was at the helm to go, oh wait, Matt Nagy just really is awful. Because we, the Bears didn't draft Mahomes or Watson, so by that logic, oh, we don't like Trubisky anymore. Because the, Trubisky said, yeah, Bears draft me. He probably did, but the Bears don't have to listen to him. And he didn't even know the Bears. They didn't even call him on draft day. Ryan Pace told John Fox he was drafted Jamal Adams. They said that Patrick Mahomes was their number one quarterback, and they drafted Trubisky. And we're going to hate on Trubisky because of it. That's how stupid some people are. And now that we got a quarterback that we like in Justin Fields, oh, wait, it's not Fields' fault. It's Matt Nagy's fault. Why are we realizing this now? Trubisky took this garbage team to two playoff appearances. If he started every game last year instead of getting pulled, the Bears would have been a better team. I don't get what made Trubisky, why everybody was like, Trubisky, terrible quarterback. I haven't heard people give Daniel Jones the same shit that they give Trubisky. Why Why is Trubisky getting all of this? Trubisky's the, right now the second best quarterback in the AFC East. And he's their backup quarterback. The other quarterbacks in the AFC East have not played well this year. The only rookie quarterback, and all the rookie quarterbacks that are playing, that has a win is Mac Jones against the Jets, against another rookie quarterback. Trubisky is better at this point in time than Zach Wilson, than uh, Mac Jones, and Tua or Brissett. He's better than all of them. I think Mac, or Zach Wilson will be better than Trubisky because I think Zach Wilson's extremely talented. But man, why did it take till now to go, oh, wow, yeah, Trubisky wasn't that bad. Matt Nagy just sucks ass. Now, my friend Spencer and I have talked about this for years. Matt Nagy, or past, what, three years? Matt Nagy sucks. No logical Bears fan goes, oh yeah, Trubisky's ass. No, Matt Nagy's ass. The fact that he got to two playoff games is insane. <laughs> and I, it bothered me when I saw that everywhere. of like, Mitchell, I'm sorry, it's not you. Why? Because now we got a quarterback that we like? Oh, it's not his fault. I mean, Fields didn't play well. I'm not saying that it's all... No, I, I was trying to play devil's advocate. And I was like, yeah, no, no, let's not do that. Man, Nagy sucks. He's a terrible coach. He's a dickhead of a person. How does anybody like Matt Nagy? <laughs> I, I've heard conspiracy theories this week. And I would not... I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this is real. That he threw the game on purpose... Because he was on wanting Andy Dalton to start. He wanted to go, this is why Andy Dalton's starting. I honestly, knowing what I know about Matt Nagy, which is not a lot before I can tell about Matt Nagy, 
That would not surprise me whatsoever. He's an asshat. I would, I would not, I would not put that past him whatsoever. Like you saw how he treated Trubisky, like, oh, everything's Mitchell's fault, and he never once defended Trubisky. Ever. It was always his fault. And the second that he could pull the plug on Mitchell Trubisky, he did. And that's when we saw Nick Foles go in and play some of the worst offensive football I've seen in my freaking life. And then we saw one net pass yard against the Browns, who all they needed to do was not play blindfolded, and they would have won the game. Miles Garrett had four and a half sacks this game. The Bears didn't even try. And Justin Fields was let out to dry. He got sacked nine times in this game. Justin Fields was let out to dry the entire time. That was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my entire life. And I wanted to talk about it on Monday, didn't feel good. I wanted to talk about it on Wednesday, didn't feel good. So now we're here today. Because I don't want to wait too long and where this just gets all washed over. How the hell is he still the head coach of the Bears? Now, I saw something that was like, Justin Fields should request a trade if Matt Nagy's not fired by tomorrow or something like that. I think it was Dan Orlovsky from ESPN that said it. But I wouldn't go that far. I don't think Justin Fields will do that. But man, he's got. I'm surprised he made it through this past offseason. Was this was the year, apparently, that, oh, he's going to draft his quarterback. Because that's what every coach, well, he didn't draft Trubisky. John Fox drafted Trubisky. So it's not his quarterback. He would have done something completely different because he's Matt Nagy. No. We got his quarterback. (laughs) And uh, for the guy that he supposedly wanted, there was no evidence of that being true. What showed you that that was the guy that he wanted? There was, had to be some sort of game plan put together. Because when Lamar Jackson went in in Baltimore, it wasn't, oh, we're going to run the exact same offense that Joe Flacco had. No, John Harbaugh already had things in place to play Lamar and play Lamar's style. They did not. It was like Nick Foles is the starting quarterback, and that's the offense we're going to run. Like we had, They had nothing. When you have a quarterback like that, you cannot sit there and tell me that you didn't game plan anything. That's where the conspiracy theory comes in, uh, that he was trying to make Justin Fields look bad to get fans back on his side and say, hey, Andy Dalton's the starter. Because competent head coaches, when you have a quarterback like that, you have plays already drawn up. Lamar Jackson was ready to go in Baltimore. When Joe Flacco got hurt, Lamar went in, and the Ravens completely switched their offense. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to wait a, a whole year, and they go, oh, well, now we got to transition our offense. No, because John Harbaugh's a competent coach. Matt Nagy is not that, and he's going to place blame everywhere else apart from himself. And somehow Ryan Pace still has a job. That dude's picked a quarterback every way you can. Free agency, draft, and trade. He's done all of it, and all of it's not worked. And now Justin Fields is in to save both of their jobs, and I hope, this is a very cynical way to look at this, I hope Justin Fields is bad for the sake that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace get fired, and that someone comes in and Justin Fields is awesome, because I love Justin Fields. I think he's a great person. 
I love watching him. His game against Clemson was one of the greatest performances you'll ever see in college football. Love Justin Fields. I hate Matt Nagy, and I don't like Ryan Pace either. The Bears are a freaking joke, <laughs> and you're wasting a really talented defense. They looked bad. <laughs> and every rookie quarterback this season's looked bad. But man, like Trevor Lawrence looked really bad. Zach Wilson's looked really bad. Matt Jones looked bad. Justin Fields was just killed. Zach Wilson's getting killed every single week. Trevor Lawrence is just the victim of a, <laughs> a not good NFL head coach. And Mac Jones is just young. Mac Jones will figure it out. I think Mac Jones will be fine. But man, Lawrence, Wilson, and Fields, good freaking Lord, they are dying. <laughs> I feel really bad for those guys. I feel really bad for them. And I hope, for their sake... That no, for Zach Wilson, I think his coaches are fine. I think they just need to keep improving their team. I think the Jets are fine in that aspect. But for Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, that ain't that ain't it. <laughs> Get rid of your coaches. Urban Meyer, we talked about before the season. We had this tier list for him on the different level of college coaches you can be in the NFL, and he is firmly on the Bobby Petrino scale. And much like Bobby Petrino, I bet he leaves some point throughout this season. Not fired, just gets up and leaves. <laughs> like, just like Bobby, Bobby Petrino did. But for this week, we have the Jaguars and, Joe Bur or, uh, and Trevor Lawrence taking on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals tonight on Thursday Night Football. And the Bengals have a real opportunity to go 3-1. and one. I'd be pretty shocked if they didn't go 3-1. and one. Jamar Chase is balling out right now. And Joe Burrow bounced back from the game against the Bears and has looked good. Looked good last week against the Steelers. And I expect the Bengals to win again. Jaguars are probably the worst team in the NFL right now. They're they're on the cusp of beating the 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 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the expansion Bucks. They might get 20 losses in a row. That is insane. <laughs> and it might happen. I mean, I think they'll get 19 tonight if they lose. But man. Then on Sunday, you got Washington against the Falcons. You got the Texans at the Bills. The Bills are 16-point favorites. Good Lord. Which is insane for how bad the Tech Like, the Bills were 14-and-a-half or something favor underdogs to the Vikings when they beat them in Minnesota. Josh Allen hurled Anthony Barr. That's crazy. Lions and Bears, uh, that'll be fun, I guess. Panthers-Cowboys will be fun. Colts, Dolphins, Browns, Vikings. Battles of two run games right there. Two good running games. Hopefully for their sake, for Vikings sake, Dalvin Cook's back. Giants at the Saints. Titans at Jets. Chiefs at Eagles. Cardinals at Rams. Seahawks at Niners. Ravens at the Broncos. Steelers, Packers. And then the illustrious return of Tom Brady back in Boston taking on the New England Patriots. I feel really bad for the Patriots defense. That is going to be... I think it's going to be bad because I think Tom Brady is just going to play his ass off and just brutalize the New England Patriots. And then Monday Night Football, you got the Raiders and the Chargers. I saw a quote from Derek Carr right before I started the show that's like, it's a home game for the Raiders, and it's true. The Raiders are the most popular team in Los Angeles. I don't think it's... I don't know why I got an update about it. It's not really something that's shocking. I think most people understand that Los Angeles is Raiders town. <laughs> so, yeah. And, uh... About Los Angeles, we have the Super Bowl halftime show. It was talked about, and it's actually happening. Kendrick Lamar 
Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and I can't remember who the other person is. There's one more. I think it's Mary J. Blige. I could be wrong. Or is it Jennifer Hudson? I don't, it's one of those, I can't remember which one. But either way, we've got a Los Angeles Super Bowl halftime show with some of the greatest artists of all time. It's going to be freaking awesome. Super Bowl in Los Angeles, get the LA guys out there. It's going to be sweet. It's going to be sweet. And before we sign off today, just a reminder, if you're a head coach in the NFL, do not wear a team shirt that has the opposing team on it or says something about them. Nick Sirianni is the latest victim of that beat Dallas, and they got pounded by 20. Remember when Freddie Kitchens did that with the Browns? When he said the Steelers thing was like Pittsburgh started it or something stupid like that? That's the, This is on the same level. Why would you wear that? Well, on any conscience level, why is that a good idea? It's never worked before. Why is it going to work now? <laughs> oh, man. Nick Sirianni, I was questionable before the season started. I'm even more questioning now because, oh, man, remember when the Falcons, when the Eagles beat the crap out of a very bad Falcons team and everybody thought the Eagles were a really good team now? Yeah, I remember that. That was pretty awesome. But yeah, that's all I've got for you today. The show went an hour. So, you know, double the half hour that we predicted at the start of the show. So I hope you enjoyed the show today. It was a good one to get back in, get back in the set. I didn't do Heisman rankings this week, but either way, I mean, it's still Bryce Young and Matt Corral. Do I need to do Heisman rankings anymore? Like, Matt Corral didn't play. Bryce Young balled out against Southern Miss. So did anything change? Not really. So with that, I will see you later. Make sure to go follow me on all forms of social media, Twitter, Instagram, like the Facebook page. Go follow me on LinkedIn. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. And go, of course, subscribe to Logan Blackman Show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And with that, I bid you adieu. Peace.